Welcome to the Parenting Unique Children podcast with your hosts, Randy and Renata. Okay, on today's podcast, we're going to talk about bad parenting part Part two, two. because hopefully you listened to part one. If not, go back and listen to it. (laughs) Um, But really, I guess you don't have to have to, but you should. Um, So we're going to jump right into our part two for bad parenting. And we're talking about right now that our children are not a reflection of ourselves. So if you did listen to part one, we did a little bit touch on this, how as parents, we feel like we're failing them if the kid isn't the best of the best with everything, right? Instead of doing their best, we're trying to focus on them being the best. But not everybody can be the best. Right. Somebody has to be not the best compared to somebody well, else, right? it's not real life to not learn about failure along the way, right? That's, yeah. That's what I'm so we So fe- we fear them failing. We're so in fear of them failing, but in so doing the things that we are doing to try to protect them, we are actually failing them because we are not teaching them about real life. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. So, and then we talked a little bit too about primacy mm-hmm. um, um, and how we've, um, some a lot of research says that we've given up the um, alpha role in in parenting and that we're allowing our kids and I mean there's many different schools of thought on this but in giving our kids the choices that we give them we're giving them too much choice too much control too much too just too much too much yeah Yeah. because not only just too much control but too much free time or too much extracurricular or too much schoolwork or too much pressure right it's just it's too much I think a lot of us are coming from the place where we don't want them to have the like to have the experiences that we had those hurtful heartbreaking experiences that we had and so we're kind of sort of living vicariously through them and that's that um goes back to what you said about our kids not being our reflection their lives are their own and it's not our do-over it's not our yeah exactly and so we have to let them have their experiences exactly so that actually reminds me um my oldest daughter the neurotypical one she about i guess it's been about two months ago now she broke up with her boyfriend they had been dating for, I don't know, almost a, a while. Year. Yeah. yeah, like a year or something. And they're in high school, grade 10, right? They started dating in grade 9. But it's that thing where even though I know that it wasn't a good relationship, mm-hmm. I can't tell her break up with him yep. because she's not going to listen. Yeah. Right? So letting her figure out for herself that this was not good and learning from that mistake, even though I know it's going to end in heartbreak, even though I know that, you know, she might be sad or cry or whatever afterwards, they've got to make their own mistakes. That Was that difficult for you to sort of watch her go through, like, you knowing, okay, he's not good for you, gosh, break up with him, but watching her go through, figuring it out for herself? Oh, for sure. There was times that I was, like, Googling how to tell your teenager <laughs> they're in an abusive relationship. But, like, there's not a lot of good ways to go about doing that. I did, I did not find very On a useful side information. Note, what was interesting about him was how very gifted he was. Even with me, mm-hmm. he really, like, char- he's ch- he was charming. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of guys are, so this is a bit of a cha- tangent, but a lot of guys are, right? They're very charming. Well, a lot of abusers are, yeah. And then as you get sucked into their web... Then they start the cycle of abuse. Then they start taking you away yeah. from your friends, away from yeah, the activities you like. Yeah, first you don't even you realize like. it's happening. Yep. And then you're in it and you're like, it must be okay. 
<laughs> exactly. Right. But he, he was right. so nice to me. He was so charming. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you have no friends. You're not doing your extracurricular activities. You're not doing well in school. You're not enjoying life anymore. And you're making it – he's making it seem like you're the problem instead yes. of this relationship what a master. not working. I'm glad oh, she figured yeah. it out. So was I. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so happy for that. Um, so I don't know. Maybe one day we'll talk about that again. So par- in part of that, I mean, that was really – hard for you I am sure part of that though let like us stepping back and letting them have their experiences mm-hmm. and figure it out for themselves is they learn how to trust in their own judgment exactly right? their own abilities to figure stuff out yep exactly if you don't give them the space to fail to figure stuff out how are they as adults going to figure stuff out now, yeah. when your kid does have a disability sometimes you do need to help them a little bit more I think the whole the whole quandary becomes even more difficult. It does, because how much do you help them, right? Yeah, it's a really tough call to make, yes. Yeah. And every kid that has a disability is going to be very different, is right? different. But, so I think about what if that was my youngest, right, with mm-hmm. autism. Mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't date yet because she's only 12. But what happens when that is her? What do I then do, right? Uh-huh. Especially because mm-hmm. of the ODD part. Mm-hmm. If I was to try and tell her something, it would be no right away right like yeah, that would be the first thought that i mean our, our children are similar but she's got a, cu- a couple of um different diagnoses that my son mm-hmm. doesn't have so a tactic that might work on my son would not work with her even though they're so similar yeah um yeah i don't know exactly Such so a tough call yeah but as that progresses <clears throat> then uh we'll have we'll more insight <laughs> So yeah. hopefully that's not for a few more years that I have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. But it did, it did make me kind of step back and think, what if it was my youngest? Mm-hmm. How would I have approached that? How would I have got mm-hmm. her to learn for herself yeah. that this would was Would you bad? have to be more heavy-handed with the parental role? Or would you, I don't know. That's, I don't know. That's, I remember hmm. a few years ago, one of my coworkers has a child who's a lot a lot like uh, my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her, her, her child would have been about our kids, maybe 13, maybe 14, 13, 14. But I remember her saying something about, you know, I have to let her have her own experiences. I have to have, she has to have her own process. Mm-hmm. At the time, I forgot what the issue was, but I remember thinking, I was kind of callous. Yeah. Um, like, you're her mother. Like, am I? <laughs> yeah. But <clears throat> the more I thought about it and the more, the more experiences that I've had, the more that I see her wisdom in having said that. And that must have been a difficult thing for her to say. And I think she yeah. said it out loud amongst yeah. trusted people because she needed someone to say to her, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah. And it is. It is okay to let your children fail. There's so much mother guilt with that though, right? There is, which is why I'm saying again, it is okay to yeah. let your child fail. It's actually good for them. Yeah. They need to learn and grow. Now, once they do fail, <clears throat> be there for them. That's what you need to do as the you mom. You know what else I the think? The dad, even. <laughs> yeah, be there for them. I think we need to sort of normalize or, mm, that's the wrong word probably, but the word fail, we just need to make it part of the everyday. They need it, to it learn. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's not necessarily that they need to fail, but yes. And fr- failing isn't the failing. end. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. what it is. Failing yeah. is not the end. Failing is just, you fell down. Yep. Now get, so there's that saying, right? You fall off the horse, get back on it. Yeah. Right? So. Dust yourself off, start all over again. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to get my son to understand that right now. Yeah, that's a hard one for... growth mindset thing, it's really a big challenge for us, for me to explain to him that I fell all the time, and I just 
it's just part of the everyday experience, especially when you're trying something new. Exactly. It happens all the time. You just mm-hmm. figure out a, a new way. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it is a very hard concept to teach. It is. Yeah. So as parents, I mean, coming back to the topic of bad parenting, is it bad parenting to let them fail? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. I think that we just have to let them make the mistakes and then be there to pick them up yes. after. It's probably bad parenting to try to always cushion them, try to shelter them from failing, and then not acknowledging it when it does happen. That's bad parenting right there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's what happened. So after she had broken up, um, well, just before he, they broke up, my husband went upstairs to talk to her because there was, you know, the a big sort of blow up. So he went up to talk to her. And from whatever conversation, I wasn't upstairs, but from whatever conversation, she realized that they needed to break up. And then she did. And from that, then she started talking to me more about it. That must have been, I mean, I would have loved to be like a fly on the wall to hear that conversation. And I wonder if it's because it came from the different gendered parent. Well, that's what I'm thinking, maybe. And just the relationship between a mother and father, Mm. between... Or mother and or mother and daughter, right? It's so it's so different. The mother daughter relationship is like historically kind of problematic. Yes, right? exactly. Um, so maybe she was more willing to hear certain things come from him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was a good conversation, apparently. That's fantastic. It ended well, and she's doing so super well. Seems more happy and all that That's stuff great. now. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. So. Um, there's something here I want to read. So Lithcott Hames has wrote a book. She wrote a book called, yeah, where is hang it? on, I got it, How to Raise an Adult, Break Free of the Overparenting Trap and Prepare Your Kid for Success. There we go. So in there, she wrote that <clears throat> our children are not our reflection. Their lives are their own, not a do-over for us, which is kind of what we were just talking mm-hmm. about with letting them make mm-hmm. their mistakes. But more specifically, what I wanted to touch on was inserting yourself into your child's accomplishments blocks the child's self-efficacy so if you are you know if a child has won an award right it's not oh yeah we won that award we did that soccer game yeah Yeah, you might have been the person driving them to the soccer game maybe you also helped them practice in the backyard but ultimately you are not the one that won that they are the one that did that so if you don't if you are also saying we did it we won that you're taking away your child's belief in their own personal abilities yeah because now they think they can't do it on their own they yeah. have to do it with a we yeah and as, as much as you think that you're cushioning them from failure then you probably believe that you're driving them towards success and so yeah you're probably going to take some ownership of whatever it is that they accomplish Come on, baby. um exactly so it's not so much that you know if i'm talking to one of my friends so if i'm sitting here and i'm talking to renata about Again, I'm just going to keep going back to that soccer game analogy. I think my daughter wants to say hi. You're going to say hi, Tish? Sup! <laughs> <laughs> that was my daughter, the youngest. Um, Yay! So going back to that soccer game yeah. analogy, if I'm sitting here and I'm just talking to Renata and say we're just having some tea or coffee, I could be like, yeah, I felt really good that, that we were able to do that because I drove them around. But if you're doing it in front of your child and you're constantly saying, we, 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 we did that, mm-hmm. then you're going to... Or even, look what I did! Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's even worse. Yeah, yeah. Right? That makes Shao depressed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. See? So they're, you're taking away their own belief in their own abilities, mm-hmm. that they didn't do it on their mm-hmm. own. Even mm-hmm. though you weren't on that soccer field, you weren't running up and down and kicking the yeah. ball and doing yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and we want our children to succeed, but that's just it. We want them to succeed. And it, for their own sake. Exactly. We got to remember, right? We have to remember that. It's for their sake. What, mm-hmm. are we, what are we doing? Exactly. And it's not even, it doesn't even have to be something big like they won the soccer game. It could be as simple as, so I teach kickboxing to kids with autism. I've got some classes. And this one little boy in particular, um, I've had him, I don't know, like three months or something now. And the fact now that when I say, get in your stance, put your guards up. He knows what he knows. He knows what to do now. It's amazing. That's great. That was such a big win for him, right? That's not a win for me. That's not a win for his parents. Yes, we're excited for it. And we're like, woohoo. But that's his win. That's yeah. his accomplishment yeah. that he no longer needs the little pieces of tape on the floor to see where his feet go. Yeah. Or for me to hold his, bring his hands up to his face. That I love kind it. Of thing. I love it. Then Chad will be happy. <laughs> so then, right, let them have their accomplishments be their accomplishments, as big or as little as they are. I ate a piece of carrot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so as big or as little as those accomplishments are, same <laughs> thing with letting them fail and learning from the mistake. So when I, like, when I was a kid, and, and I'm a bit, quite a bit older than Randy, when I was a kid, the, uh, <clears throat> your parents provided you with shelter and you know and 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 guidance and, and strict like very strict guidance but you were very much left to your own devices in as far as like um filling your time um and even playing your parents were like you know get lost get out of my face go outside yeah i don't care where you are but yeah be here. it's a different generation yeah exactly right and so i'm just thinking about the changes and what has changed that has made us as parents think that we have to be <clears throat> all of the time hovering around yes and actually kids. just before we started recording we were discussing so Renata has all these great notes that we've been using to do these podcasts and we're like okay where are we going to start in the notes this time and so we're like mm, you know what helicopter parents is an interesting topic but mm-hmm. I think that's a topic that needs its own all, all, yeah whole, it's all own whole its own episode yeah I'll so we kind of that one because I know how it feels so we skipped that whole section there and we're going to come back to it but that's kind of how did we become yeah helicopter parents right at what point in society and i mean there probably isn't an exact moment and not everybody is a helicopter parent but you know in the broad broad idea of it when did that really happen because way back when it was go aside I mean, way back when it was, hey, you're 10, you can go get a job, <laughs> right? So yeah, society yeah, yeah. has changed over the years. And, go clean chimneys. Yeah, mm-hmm. society has changed over the years. How do we, how can we pinpoint where it really did change? Can we pinpoint? Probably not. But, probably not because it probably want to try incrementally, right? Slowly. Yes. Parents can yeah. befriend you on Facebook. Yeah, but I want to try and find it. It would be interesting. Um, so there's just a few more points here that I wanted to talk about that we wanted to talk about actually so there was this other article um (laughs) and some and i know i've seen it as like little memes and stuff on facebook and i always love them always makes me like oh "Hmm, that's so interesting and so true right so changes to make to be a good enough parent for now yeah for now what can we do for now i mean that's probably all that's all we should expect from ourselves is to be good enough right exactly good enough be good enough in the moment that you're given and it's funny because as we're going to do these quick little points here, <laughs> kids would see that as being a bad parent. But is it a bad parent? No, I don't think so. 
right? And not all of them, but some of the points. Like, making kids do chores. Some kids would be like, oh, that's such a bad parent. My, my son would have you believe that. Yes. Yes, this one right here. <laughs> this, this little girl right Cleaning here. Cleaning the bathroom is a bad chore. That's being a bad parent, making the kid clean the bathroom. It is, pretty, the cat it is pretty gross, but, you know, yeah. it's a necessary chore. Exactly. So Animal poop. Um, <laughs> all right. So the one, first one here, stop narrating your kid's play. This one, I think, is something that we need to stop doing so that's that helicopter parent coming back to so don't get between your kids and their experience of play let them have an imagination who cares what they're imagining if they're imagining that they're a cowboy riding a dragon instead of a cowboy riding a horse who why are you cares? correcting their yeah. play yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah why are you correcting yeah. it why are you narrating it for them yeah let them have an imagination boring. i think this might even um <clears throat> um have some sort of implication for my son who's 12 who likes to play video games he's playing oh, some yes. video games i don't even know what they're all called but there there's um there's um you, there's like you have to kill things to get like things to get food and whatever and and, bing, and like bing, bing, fur bing, for like um yeah, clothing and all that and i'm like playing oh, fallout right now why do you have to kill? Yeah. i'm watching it and i'm and i'm commenting on these fake things that are being killed like bing, he's bing, bing, killing bing, real bing, things bing, and bing, bing, why am i doing bing, that bing. Yeah, exactly. So Why am I doing that, right? It's just kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, you want to do the next one? Sure. Um, drop the we. So Randy touched on this a little bit. Check your ego and let your kids own their own successes and failures. Yeah. So yeah. we already talked a lot. Most of this episode actually has been about that. So yeah. we'll just, we'll leave you with that. Yeah, we'll leave thought. you with that. Um, the next one. Give them chores to breed self-mastery and responsibility. And don't pay them. They ought to be doing chores because they need to be done. Do you know what's interesting about that is that I tried to bribe my son with money and it didn't work. So I know sometimes it still doesn't like work just, with even with money. They're like, no, he didn't care. Exactly. Yeah. He was like, man, I'm not doing it. Yep. Yeah. And if you um, listen to the first part of this bad parenting podcast, we talked a lot about that in yep. chores and stuff. So I don't want to go into it a lot now. So if you are interested more about what our thoughts were, go back to bad parenting one. Um, but basically. Yeah, don't don't give them money because a chore, and, and maybe that's part of the problem, right? Is that we need to change the word chore. It's not a chore. It's just work. household household work that needs to get done. Yeah, it's just stuff that needs to get done. Homework. But as soon as you put the word chore, it has the connotation that money is coming oh, yeah. with it. Yeah, it's work. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's part of the problem. Is instead of calling it a chore, we need to say, now you're going to do your household help. Yeah. But if you do that, they won't do it because they know they're not going to get anything from it. We have a we have a guest co-host. Yeah, I don't know. Now the next point is don't do their homework. This gives them the message that they aren't capable when we do. And I'm so, I was so guilty of this when my son was in regular. I was going to say now it doesn't make sense. You homeschool. I homeschool, and so he. It's funny because I tried to leave him um, to his own devices almost entirely. I mean, I gave him curriculum. But, uh, and that didn't work. So now there are certain things that he knows are an expectation every day. Mm-hmm. And he does them. And there's Good. none of me hovering over him, but it took us, like, it was quite. Yeah, it's been a while now. Quite the process to get him to there. Yes. But that's good that you got him to there. And that's just that you have to stick these things out. If you're going to make a big yeah. change like that, you've got to stick yeah. them out. Yeah. I know. I could remember that my mom, she didn't really do my homework, but I used to. So she back in, So back in the day. Um, I didn't have a computer at my house. Well, I shouldn't say that. We had a computer at the house, but we it wasn't so common. So I didn't know how to type. Crappy. And when... 
Tisha Stockings. So when it came to doing homework and needing to hand it in and the teacher would say, okay, you're, it has to be typed, I would get my mom. So I would write it out by hand and give it to my mom to type it because she could type like 90 words per minute. Because she would have taken typing in school. Exactly. As li- like me. Yeah. yeah, like an actual course for truly. typing. Yeah, we did. We had yeah. big old clunkers we typed on. Yeah, so I did the homework, but I... It would have taken me three hours to type this one thing, whereas my mom, it took five minutes. Yep. Now, though, because I've had so many desk jobs and stuff, I can type like crazy, but that that's part of how societies change, right? Typing used to be an actual course that you yep. took. Yep. Really? Yep. yep. Yes. Yeah. Keyboarding was a course that you took. Maybe you could still take it, too. Maybe. But now it's not, it's not part of the curriculum so much anymore, so that's very true. It's taking me back, man. Grade nine. Yep. Um, okay, where it was. Yeah, that's when I took typing. Um, let kids figure things out. For example, let them figure out that if they gorge on Halloween candies, they'll likely get sick. Such non-catastrophic failures are key to developing resilient adults. And we're not saying, you know, let them try to figure out how to get home from school if they've never walked there by themselves. That's crazy talk. Turn the TV volume off five more minutes. Right? Oh, thank you. Tisha just gave me some candy because we talked about it. Um, But we're talking about small things like the eating candy and then you're going to feel sick. We're not talking about, oh, you've never cooked on the stove before. Here, go figure it out, right? Because that could lead to a safety hazard. Right. But things that are not catastrophic, that are not a big deal. Yeah. Right? Because it lets them figure out their own way to figuring out cause and effect, right? Exactly. And that's part of growing up and learning. And every kid is going to be different, right? Because we do talk about the neurotypical versus the the not neurotypical, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes if they do have a disability, you may need to lead them through it a little bit more. But when you think that there's a part of it that they can figure out for themselves, let them. Let them. Don't assume that just because they have a disability, they can't. Even more so, you have to remind yourself that they can. Yes, I think even more so. I think parents, parents of uh, children with disabilities are more nervous about yeah. things that parents of neurotypical kids are already nervous about yeah yeah like even just so here's an example even just this past week um i had a physio appointment in the mornings and so i wasn't going to be home to make sure tisha got on the bus i have always been home to make sure she gets on the bus she's 12 now right grade seven yeah so for a neurotypical kid you'd be like you can walk to school on your own that's like my heart racing to just think about that but um so i said i reminded her before i left 8 40 look for your bus because it comes anywhere between 8 40 8 45 depending if it's early or late or whatever mm-hmm. and so i was like 8 40 remember okay 8 40 look for my bus and she generally she generally will get herself ready in the morning and be ready i just simply remind her so I reminded her, but still, I had so much anxiety not being home to make sure she got on the bus. So after my appointment, I did, I needed to run home quickly because I wanted to make sure she did get on the bus. Plus, I needed to run home quickly, grab my lunch for work. So I came home and she was fine. She got on the bus. She even put the dogs in the crate by herself. Like, I see didn't that, remind her for see that. that when we when we actually let them be. Yeah. Yeah, when you give them yep. the opportunity, they yep. can surprise us. Yeah. Just a little thing like that. We're just that. so worried that they're not going to, that we preempt yeah. their own chances. Yeah, so yep. let them try first. Yeah. If, if they try and they fail, that's fine. You're yep. there to pick them up. Yep. Um, last one. The last one I think is yours. All right. 
So have your own life. Living a well-rounded life that doesn't always have your kids at its center dampens their narcissism and models a healthy adulthood. Wow. Yeah, that's a big point. This is a huge... We should probably do a whole podcast I around this so. one. Actually, you should write that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is actually interesting. I saw, again, Facebook, because I scroll on Facebook when I'm bored a lot. <laughs> but I saw this... Um, news article was posted in a newspaper I don't even know when but I think it was quite a long time ago but it was like a snapshot like a picture of this article and it put that who is who is the most important person in the family because a lot of kids think it's them and even a lot of adults will say it's your kids it's their kids yeah but it's actually not should be you it's the it's the parents should are the be. most important yeah. part right because yeah, without the head yeah, exactly. Without the parents, the kids aren't ever even born. Without the parents, the kids aren't fed. Without the parents, the kids don't get anything. Right. right? So if you are always revolving your life around the kids, where's your life? Where are you? Right. Yeah. And then there's burnout because uh, there's no self-care. I can attest to that. Renata's putting up her hand right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see that, but she's putting up her hand. Um, so you need to take time for yourself. Yeah. And I'm a late bloomer and a slow learner when it comes to that. So it's taken me a while to figure out, to find my way back slowly but surely to having my own life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to, I'm not saying that your life has to be like out of the house every day, going out with your friends or going to the bar or whatever. Having your own life could be that you like going for a run. Yeah. It could be that you like doing yoga. I always tend to come back to exercise because that's me. <laughs> that's yeah, that's your. <laughs> but it could be life. it could be that you like going going Maybe for a like, girls' day for some coffee sure, or tea. You like reading. You like taking a walk. Yeah, just don't forget what you like doing. Like hugging trees, literally. I hug trees. Yeah, I may have talked about that once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, make sure that you remember yourself. Don't forget you. Yeah. So how good a parent are you if you're just not any good? Yeah, if right? you're mentally drained and you're done, exhausted, you're, you're done. not good to anybody. You're not good to you. You're not good to anybody. Actually, I saw, again, Facebook. Actually, Instagram this time I saw. Actually, I think it was on both. Anyway, <laughs> so there was this little thing, and I shared it to our Facebook page, or at least I tried whether or not it worked. I don't know. But I did share it to the R2 Empowerment Coaches Facebook page. It's a picture of um, a cell phone battery dead, right? Mm -hmm. And the caption was, you wouldn't let this happen to your cell phone. Why do you let it right. happen to yourself? Too. Yes. yes, 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 yes. And it's so true. We never let our cell phones like die on us. That would be like the end of the world. Oh no, what if I get attacked? <laughs> what do I do without my phone? Yeah. Um, and yet we're running ourselves so ragged that our batteries are drained. Yeah. And so, in order to be a good parent, and I don't know if it's got women more good. than men. I don't know because I'm not a man. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to be sexist about it, but I think um, I, I, I see a lot of woman, women fall fall in this trap. Yes. And if I can remember correctly, last year I did the Women's Leadership yes. Conference, right? So yeah. Renata came. She was awesome. My awesome helper. I was her assistant. It was great. Um, but in that, I did find a few stats, which, you know, m maybe I'll pull out and we can do another episode and I'll pull out those stats. But yeah. it was women. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but women were a significantly higher rate for burnout for taking on way more than the men of the family yeah and that has been a historical trend because it used to be men went to work women stayed home mm -hmm. that was a thing mm -hmm. well now women also go to work mm -hmm. and yet women are going to work and being the ones to take mm -hmm. care of the kids too 
and it's not to say dads out there and hopefully there's some dads listening we're not trying to leave you out there are dads that are stay-at-home dads or do just as much but statistically is what we're talking about statistically the moms do more and ideally hopefully one day we can change that and it'll be a 50 50 split nice i mean i see uh, my my female colleagues are Mm -hmm. working full-time they're also arranging all of the kids you know how are they getting to wherever and they're also going home and cooking the dinner yeah i mean i'm sure there are equal partnerships out there but yeah uh, yeah it's just been a historical trend yes which is a hard thing to break yes um, so, because we are nearing that 30-minute mark, yeah. which we try to stay away yeah, from. Yeah, try to stay under this, yeah. Um, we will end it at that. Just have your own life. We just want to remind you about that. Exactly. And remember that you're not a bad parent, as long as you're doing the best you can with what you have in that moment. Good enough is good enough. Exactly. Yep. So... If you have anything that you want to share with us or any stories that you have thought of from listening to the podcast, you can send it to empowermentcoaches at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Facebook, yes. our Empowerment Coaches. We have Instagram. We are on Instagram. We are on Instagram and Twitter, I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Renata takes care of it. Clearly, I mm-hmm. don't. Um, but follow us on Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, and we would love to hear from you if you have anything to tell us. Yep. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.